Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. When you think you know, you know, you know everything, then that's just the time that things can slip up on you. And when it comes to unconfessed sin, it is an obstacle, it is a blockage, it is a barrier to stand in the way from you getting from the Lord what you need and listen to this, and what He wants to do through you in that prayer. There's a block there. He wants to use us to enforce His will upon the earth. Isn't that true? Thy will be done in heaven as it is on the earth. And so God's will that's done in heaven, He wants to bring it upon the earth. And so if you, if you have unconfessed sin, then we're going to see here in just a minute that that's not going to happen. Now what I want to do first, we're going to look at 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We're going to read it out of the King James, and then I want to read it in the Amplified, okay? Just so you all back there know that. And um, so I'll start here in the King James. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So if we ask anything, He says, according to His will, what happens? He hears us. What is His will? This book that we have tonight that we brought in here, or maybe that you have on your phone, you know, an app you have on your phone. This is the last will and testament that has been left for the church. In other words, this will is an inheritance that has been given to you. But if you never read the Bible or you don't read it very much, then you don't know what your inheritance is. You don't know what the will of God is for your life. And that's where a lot of people pray, 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 but they don't receive very much from the Lord. But we can know, he says here, this is the confidence. You can have confidence. You can put confidence in God that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And so I tell you what I strive to do. I strive to put the Word of God in my heart, and in my mind, and through that process, I understand what God's will in the earth is. And so if any situation comes up and things happen, and I need to pray about things, whether it's my own life, the life of people in this church, the life, lives of people, leadership, you know, in our nation, or, or whatever, then when I pray, I can know what the will of God is. I can know that. Now, do you know the will of God about everything? Absolutely not. And that's why you need the prayer of consecration in your life. Because some things you and I do not know what the will of God is in specifics. You know, Jesus prayed that prayer, didn't he? He said, if it's possible, let this cup that I see before me, you know, let it go from me. That I don't have to deal with that. 
But he did have to deal with it. He did for you and I, and it was the plan and purpose of God. God's got plans and purposes for you, and it's not in a chapter and verse necessarily. Now, he can give you a confirming word through that, through believers, uh, you know, that you trust them. He can speak a word to you. Now, I'm not talking about a gift of the Spirit. I'm just talking about somebody says something and they don't even know they're saying it to you. And it, it is a confirming word to you. And you can, you can begin to understand and pick up the will of God. But everything is not real clear about the will. But many things are very clear about the will of God. And that's where we find it in this book. And I pray that you will devour the Word of God. I pray that you will eat it and it will be sweet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that what the Scripture says? I don't know about you, but I just get hungry for the Word. Do you do that? It's like, you know, it's just like, you, you know, you want something special to eat. You know, lately I've been on YouTube looking up potato cakes. Like, my mom called them potato pancakes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, now they're, they're coming back a little bit, not the country, you know, not looked at like that because it is country food. But, you know, appetizers and special, you know, it's a special little thing. And so I've been looking that up, and it's like when I look up that you know, recipe and listen to the people, you know, tell you how to make it and the ingredients that you put in it. It's just really interesting, makes me hungry. And when you get in the Word of God and you begin to look and see and God begins to tell you things and reveal things and there's that hunger and you, and you eat it up, you devour it, but then what? You want more. You want more. And that's just the way it should be. That's the way it should be in the life of a Christian. And if you, if you ever notice in your own life or, or even, you know, have friends that maybe you begin to see that they, you know, start growing cold, you know what they stop doing? They stop getting in the Scripture reading the Bible, listening to the Bible. They don't pray like they did, you know, and, and see that's beginning to back off. And you don't want to do that. You want to press in. Amen? All right. So you can know what the will of God is in many, many situations. And when you don't know what the will of God is, that's when you seek the Lord. Lord, what is it? What would you have me do? Where would you have me go? Who would you have me share with? You know, that's the kind of thing. And then he can bring you revelation and talk to you about that. And it says, and if we know that we... He if we... And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Okay, what is a petition? You know, we've taught petitions. Eddie's taught it. I've taught it. It's you write down a, peti a petition. You're very specific about it. Just recently, I, you know, I agreed with someone on their petition. It's a specific request. And God says here, and we know that He hears us whatsoever we ask. We know that we have, 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 have the petitions that we desired of Him. Now, that's a good word, isn't it? So let's look at the Amplified. Can we do that? Just, let's just look at that, and we'll read it up here. And I, I love the Amplified Bible, don't you? 
I read it a lot. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. See, when you have confidence, you can be bold. No confidence, though. You don't know. You're a little shaky. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in Him. Not that we're going to get, but we have in Him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, He listens to and hears us. Now, is that not the best promise for prayer? I mean, that is great. There's a lot of great promises for prayer, but to me, that one is outstanding. So we can have confidence and assurance when we pray. We don't have to be wondering. We've got the will here. Make request according to His will, and then we find out what Scripture says that belongs to us, and then we pray it. See what He promises, and then we pray it. See what it promises, and then we pray it. Everybody say that with me. See what it promises, and then we pray it. All right. If you, if you don't know what to pray, you find the promise and you pray it. We know positively, without a doubt, He hears us. And see, this, this doubt-filled thinking needs to be done away with. We can know that and have confidence and assurance that when we pray the will of God, the promises of God, what He has said, that we're going to have that. It's a done deal. Well, and the devil tries to speak to you. What? The devil is the father of lies. We've got to understand that. When you pray and you ask God for something and immediate, well, you're not going to get that. That's not going to happen for you. You're, you're just dreaming. You've got, you got to deal with that thought. Number one, what do you do with the wrong thought? You cast down every thought and imagination that's contrary to the will of God. You cast it down. And then... We're told in Romans 12 that we put a new thought in, an updated thought. It will transform your thinking. And you say what God says. Amen? Okay. And we know that God grants us our requests. I, I can tell you, I've had people right in the middle of believing for difficult things, believing for things that look impossible. In the middle of that, in the middle of praying, people around you that will try to tell that's not going to work. You shouldn't be praying that. I mean, I've had them do it, and I, it's just like, get out of my way, because I'm praying and I'm believing. Well, you know why? Because I have confidence and assurance now, I've told this before, but we were uh, on a staff um, retreat, and we had taken, um, you know, all the staff. I don't know how many we had at that time, uh, several. But we went up to the mountains, and it was cold and snowy, and I wore sandals. <laughs> Can you believe that? And Eddie said, what in the world are you doing I don't know why I wore them. <laughs> it was just the way. I don't know. But anyway, we got up there, 
And, and so, you know, I, I remember, you know, we're checking everything out. You know how those chalets are up in the mountains. A lot of bedrooms, you know, everybody's checking out and, you know, going to get their place and everything. And I think about that and the people we had on staff with us. And it was like a miracle of God that we're still here. That's all I'm going to say. Because <laughs> there was not exactly everybody pulling together, if you know what I mean. It's not like the staff that we have today. But anyway... So we were there, and we were going to dedicate our time to the Lord, and we were going to pray and ask God to lead us during this time because it was not only a fun time, which it was going to be that. We'd go out to the pancake house and have pancakes and do that kind of thing. But we, you know, we wanted to, to meet with the staff, talk with them in part, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, so uh, we somebody goes over and cuts on the water. I know I'm one of them, and... No water was coming out. The pipes were frozen. And I'm thinking, there is no way I'm spending these few days with all these people and us to have no water, no way. And I mean, immediately I said, we are going to pray and we're going to agree that these pipes open up. And <laughs> And so... And I, you know, I don't, it had to be God moving on me, I guess, because typically I'd think, well, I don't know if I want to pray that. What if they don't, you know what I'm saying? But we joined hands and I said, now, if you can't pray in faith, you just stand there. But I want those of you that can agree in faith, let's pray right now. Oh, okay, okay. And so we prayed, Father, just open these pipes up and let water, let us be able to get water so that we can function during this time. I want to tell you, you know, when we turned the faucet, we had left it on, and it was just a matter, I, it, it just had to be seconds, and guess what happened? Psh, the water came out. And you say, well, it wasn't frozen. Well, you believe what you want. I know what happened when we cut the faucet on. Nothing was happening. And so, you know, I tell that because I don't care what other people say if that's in my heart. And we need it. That was not, you know, uh, that was just not a luxury. That was something that was needful for us. We needed water. We got to take a bath. <laughs> you know, whatever have water to drink, to cook, or whatever we were going to do. But so, I don't care if people tell you, you know, you have it in your heart. You have that assurance in your heart. You believe God to do some things. Sometimes I don't even tell other people because they'll try to talk you out of it. So it's just, Lord, you know. You know. You know, Lord. And He does know. Amen? All right. So God grants us our requests. If we're open to communication and nothing is blocking, we receive when we pray. Is that correct? Okay, but then you have these obstacles. You say, well, I'm pretty mature in the faith. You know, I know about sin. I know that. 
But it's kind of like what I said when I taught on the unforgiveness. There's little things that come into our life that sometimes we just overlook. They become a part of our personality. They become a part of what we do and how we act. But that doesn't mean it's right. And maybe there's something that God wants to speak to us that is uh, an obstacle or a barrier in our life from receiving from Him an answered prayer. So unconfessed sin is an obstacle that obstructs you from getting your prayers answered. Now, let's look at Psalms 66, 18. Psalm 66, 18. You need to see this. I know they're going to show it on the screen, whatever. If you don't have your Bible, you can look up there. But Now listen to this. If I... If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now he's talking to people who are new in their walk with the Lord. He is talking to their peop uh, to people that maybe, you know, you're not new in the Lord. You've been doing this a little while. Or people that have been walking for the Lord, with the Lord, for a long period of time. It doesn't matter. If I, everybody say, if I. if I. See, what we want to do with that scripture is say, if you, if you, if you regard iniquity in your heart. Well, that's true. But we need to be talking and looking at ourselves and not other people. It's like when I talk and teach on marriage and, and, you know, we're putting out principles and things that, you know, we need to do in our marriages, you know. And I don't know how many times this would happen, especially during that marriage class that I did years ago. And, it, boy, I wish my spouse was here. They need to hear that. And then, so I began to see, look, what we talk about here is not for your spouse. Now, is it for them? Yeah, it really is. But I'm talking to you. And so it's for you to do something about it. You cannot correct your spouse. The more you try to correct your spouse, the worse it will become and the more resistant that they will be. But who can you correct? You can correct yourself. You can take the Word of God. See, see you got to put the right glasses on. you got to put the glasses on that you see the Word and you begin to implement it and you begin to take it yourself. Do not, listen to me, do not see the Word of God and say, that's so-and-so, that's my spouse, that's my children, that's my brother, that's my sister. Don't, don't do that. Now, could it be them? Maybe so. But if that's the glasses and the lens you see life through, you will have things in your life that you never deal with because you're always projecting through the Word into someone else's life. And don't do that. you got to look at yourself. So he said, if I regard or approve or look at and see sin. Now, it, it's so important what you see and what you hear, what you look upon. I know the other night, we had uh, the television on and, um, you know, watching one thing and I fell off to sleep. You ever do that? 
was really tired, and I just fell off to sleep. And when I woke up, it's like, my God, what is that? You know, which this and which that? And it's like, turn that thing off. I, I'm not putting that into me. What you hear, what you regard, what you see can bring things into your life. So you got to stop that. you got to stop it before it comes in. Oh, well, you know, you're just goody two-shoes. Well, I, no, I'm not. But what I am is I try to be, not that I always succeed, but I try to be careful about what comes in to my thinking, what I see. I don't want to see things. I don't want to see certain things. I don't want to see violence, and I don't want to see people mistreating people or animals or anything like that because I don't want that in me. You mistreat an animal, you are headed for mistreating people. There's something evil in you if you mistreat animals. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you the truth. People that mistreat animals, there's something in them that's not of God. It's an evil thing. You need to get it out. Well, I just kicked the cat. No, you better not kick that cat. And don't kick the dog or kick anything, people or whatever. Treat people. and tr You know, little old animals, what do they do? Why do I get on this? But little old animals... You love them, and they just love you back. You know these beagles, Eddie and I talk about. You know we must love them. We treat them like little babies. We do. And, and those little things will respond to love like I've never seen before. You know, my little Maggie that is going on, you know, she was the same way. You know, I would just look into their little eyes and tell them how much I loved them. And they know what you're saying and doing, you know. But, it's, you know, it's not just animals. It's your kids. It's your spouse. You know, it's people. You, you know, you, you treat people right. You treat God's creation right. But if I regard, if I approve, if I look upon, if I see iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What's iniquity? Iniquity is wickedness. It's evil. Now, you say, well, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't do that. Yeah, we do those things. God told us this so that we could not be that way and we could not do these things. But the Bible says, if you have this wickedness, this evil, the sin that's inside of you and you live your life that way, he said, God will not hear you. Your prayers will be hindered. Isn't that right? Now, he here's the thing about Christians. If you're truly a Christian, you do not live in sin. You might sin. You might have the iniquity in your life, but you, you do not live a lifestyle that way. You understand? You know, the Bible talks about that. You don't have a lifestyle of sin. Commit sin. That's a lifestyle of sin. Not that you stumble and you mess up, and we all do that. But, but Christians are not people who commit these sins and have a lifestyle of sin and just live in it. God forgives. God's grace and God's, you know, that. Does God have grace? Does God forgive? Of course. And that's the gospel. But we as Christians cannot live 
that lifestyle. God says he will not hear us. And if we regard iniquity, sin in our life, it won't be an obstacle in our prayer life that will stop us. And so we can't do that, can we? He said, if you allow sin in your heart, prayers are blocked from being answered. 1 John 1, 9, very familiar with Scripture to many of you, maybe not everyone, but many of you. You acknowledge, you admit your sin. That's for you and that's for me. 1 John 1, 9 is not for an unbeliever coming to the Lord. It's for the Christian. And so we acknowledge, we admit our sin. We can't blame it on some... See, we, you know, we live in uh, the United States. Everybody's a victim. Well, they made me do it. It was their fault. No, own up to it and just say it was you. Amen. Okay? People really respect that because there's not many people that do it anymore. They start blaming, you know, put the blame out there. But acknowledge, admit your sin... And then as the Christian, you receive by faith this cleansing and forgiveness that God offers you. Now, once you do that, now see, we're talking about the obstacle of unconfessed sin. And once you, you know, you confess to the Lord what's going on in your life, what the hindrance, what the blockage is, you receive this cleansing and forgiveness. And then, now listen to this, you rise up and you rise up in the forgiveness and cleansing that Jesus gives you, and that is without condemnation. Romans 8, 1 says, now listen to me here. There is therefore now, right now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus that walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. So you left the flesh, the sin, you left that, and you're walking in the Spirit because you did what Jesus said. Admit and acknowledge what the problem is. Receive your cleansing and forgiveness. And then you get up and you go on like you didn't sin. Amen. Now what about that? You get up and you go on like you didn't sin. Now, God doesn't remember He takes it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered anymore, but do people remember? Will they remind you? Of course, they will. There's always somebody that wants to hang it over your head. But see, when you know that you're free in Christ and you know what He has done to remove the blockage, to remove that barrier, to remove that obstacle, then you rise up clean before the Lord. You say, but I, I've just done things and I'm ashamed. We all have. We all have. But if you do it God's way and you, you, get that, you get that obstacle, that blockage, barrier out of the way, then walk free because you are free. The devil will try to condemn you. People, those even closest around you will try to remind you of your past failures and all of that. But, you know, I just say, well, you know, I know that's what happened, but I'm free in Jesus. He has forgiven me. He has cleansed me, and I'm free. Well, you're just arrogant. No, I'm just a renewed, updated thinker 
of the Word of God in Jesus Christ. That, that would blow people out of the water, wouldn't it? For you to do something like that. Well, don't, don't you know what you did? Very aware of what I did. But God isn't anymore. He forgot it. It's gone. He cleansed me. He forgave me. And see, then you can have this confidence and assurance in prayer. And that's what we want, isn't it? Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.